and it appears we are live. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Holy Crap, the vlogcast, a skeptical vlogcast to explore some of the, explore the big question of why. The show started as a result of spite to, and the Streisand effect because um, Shujin, Joey, and I just uh, show started as a we needed something a little bit more political to play with. So Streisand effect because give me one second here. Joey, and I just there we go. Sorry, I actually could hear my own voice in my head, um, not the one that I try to suppress with medication. It was just something technical, but I'm here now, anyways. Uh, as you can see, we're running a pretty light crew tonight. Um, our fearless leader shooting triple is off, uh, tonight dealing with some stuff. So right now it's just myself, Dallin, and thankfully somebody answered the call, <laughs> uh, for which I'm very grateful. And that is of course, um, from, well, from, from the, uh, what is it? The South? Did you say the Southwest or Southeast corner of Indiana? Southwest. I am in Kentuckyana. Yay me. Wow. Talk <laughs> about it. Talk about being stuck between an arc and a hard place. Uh, that's uh, yeah. that's Bridget. <laughs> <laughs> Good evening. Uh, yeah. So as I was saying, um, we are running a bit of a light crew here tonight. Um, okay. Yeah. Stephanie, thank you. Uh, yeah, I think the echo was coming through the fact that I actually, um, what had happened was I had the YouTube channel, I had the YouTube, uh, screen up, uh, with the show and I had forgotten to pause it like I usually do. Plus, uh, I don't know. Honestly, I think if I were to look behind the screen, if I were to actually look at all the cables and the way everything's cross patched and stuff, it would kind of look like one of those, um, server admin nightmares in an electronic sense as to how this all goes. Oh, and thankfully, uh, again, to help save our hide, uh, and make sure that I'm not the only one talking tonight, Joseph, good evening or Hi. good morning. I should say. Bonjour. Bonjour. Ça va? Oui, ça va. Et vous? Ouais, ça va. Un peu fatigué, mais ça passe. Yeah. Moi, pas ah. mal. <laughs> ah, on peut parler en français aujourd'hui. Uh, un peu. It's been a long time since I've, uh, since I've spoken French. Um, I think we, I think we might've just confused a few people in the chat, <laughs> but that's okay. Um, what, are we live already? We are live. We are. Holy shit. Sorry. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah. You, you, you'd Holy think, uh, you'd actually think I kind of knew what I was doing. At least that's the, um, that's the impression <laughs> I try to give people at least. <laughs> uh, well, doing a good job. Like. Well, I'll, I'll tell you when, when Shujin, uh, when, when he takes off, like he, last night he took off the, uh, the Friday night show that, uh, him, Joey and I do in second life. And usually it falls to me because, you know, Joey, he's got his schedules and of course, you know, he's working and all of that. Uh, me, I'm not right now. So that, you know, I can do this kind of stuff. So like both last night and tonight, it was kind of a thing of, holy shit. I actually pulled it off. 
huh, yeah, but it's been like that since the first time you did the show. So, yeah, I know. Um, oh, yeah, YouTube messes up. <laughs> like that, Stephanie. Uh, YouTube messes up everyone I listen to. <laughs> okay, and yeah, and speaking of Stephanie, of course, over in the chat, we've got um, we've got Stephanie and uh, TP Seeker just showed up, and oh god, the boss is watching me for right now. Oh shit! Crap. <laughs> <sighs> well, I guess I'm gonna. I guess I'm gonna have to try to be on my best behavior for a little bit at least. Uh, so he's watching you, but he's not here. Yeah. Um, again, not creepy. No, no, no. Creepy at all. Actually, no. To be fair. To be fair. I think uh, I think it's easier just to make sure that everything was was working out okay, and that if I needed an assist, he'd be able to help walk me through it. So, <laughs> okay, yeah. But anyways, um, you seem to know your way around things. So, well, yeah, you know, kind of got the OBS and the, uh, the the YouTubes and stuff all figured out. So, and that and the the Google Docs that uh, Shujin left helped greatly. I see there's uh, a replacement platform coming out on Google. I've heard probably a paid or something. I, I heard, I, I've heard rumblings that, uh, that hangouts might be making a comeback as, as a uh, result of this uh, pandemic and probably from a lot of people uh, yelling and screaming that they miss hangouts. But yeah, if, if it's paid, no thanks. Yeah. Well, okay. <clears throat> you know I mean? If, if uh, we, if, if we, Sorry. No, I was going to say, if we, if we had like an active Patreon or, you know, if, if the if the donations were rolling in the way we'd like them to, maybe, but no. <laughs> well, there's a lot of open solution, open, open source solutions out there. Oh, you, yeah, that's true. They're quite a pain in the ass to set up, so. Well, I, I was, I was telling Bridge uh, earlier uh, before the show that, you know, maybe we should look at something like Zoom. Yeah. But um, I'm hearing some very negative rumblings about that security. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I've been on, I think, three Zoom calls uh, since this whole thing. And, uh, you know, it's whatever software you want to use, that's fine. But it's the bandwidth. You know, um, you can have the greatest communication software in the world, but if you've got crap Internet, it ain't going to help you. Yeah. Yeah, and like Stephanie said, uh, Zoom actually costs something after the first forty minutes. So. Yeah, that's oh, what really? I was saying. Yeah. So everybody's conference calls are cut to forty minutes. Well, and I mean, it would be Unless great for the, it would be great for this show, you know. Well, this show's two hours long. Well, exactly. exactly. That that's my point. You know, every, every time she just tried, you know, cut us off and like, okay, guys, we got to wrap. We got to wrap. I'm getting tired. Well, well, here it's like, we have a time limit. <laughs> okay. I just don't know what we could do in 40 minutes. Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. We, we might actually have to do like format, but <sighs> yeah. That, that was a, that was, he said, that was what he said, joke. <laughs> oh boy oh it depends on the person but 40 minutes can seem like forever <laughs> yeah uh, 
all, all, yeah, there all, there's a lot of variables in there. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, what does the TP seeker here said? Uh, seems gamers and flirty debunkers are using Discord. Oh, yeah, a lot yeah. of people do use Discord. Um, well, Discord is open source and it is holding the route, so. Yeah. And it, it does, does a fairly decent job. I mean, it, it's it's definitely helped us over the over the uh, time that we've had it. Well, that's that's uh, the only reason why I've ever, ever got on in the first place is because I'm a gamer and yeah, and, yeah. and nobody uses you know, Ventrilo anymore. Well, I like the sense of humor. Yeah. Like every time it starts up, every Sunday when it starts up, you know, starting the wing ding thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she's just saying that. Um, she's just saying that between intros, the normal horrible scopes, and the outro would take us. That would take us about forty minutes. So yeah. yeah okay. That's <laughs> like so, okay. Um, that's the show tonight. See you yeah. next week. <laughs> and when you come to think about it, a North American sitcom that lasts one hour is actually in reality forty minutes. So mm-hmm. you know, yeah. oh. room for all the advertising. Yeah. yeah. And I got I, I got a few things about that. Um, Let's start a sitcom. Yeah, TP Seeker, you're absolutely right. At least Discord hasn't so far been caught giving data to to Facebook. That that's a good thing. I I, I call that a win. Oh, Zoom has. We're really uh, well, Facebook. Well, you were talking about the uh, the whole security thing. I, I think that was part of it. Um. Yeah, data mining. I don't consider security, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Still. Anyways. Um, I'm really pissed at Facebook. So many of my friends are getting sucked in nowadays, and I'm like, what did you do? Yeah. And it's like, they didn't do hardly anything. I mean, nothing that I would think I'd toward. Yeah. Well, but I mean, things why, are things are weird these days. I'm less and less on Facebook, because... Um, I think I made a post a while back. Uh, my my Facebook experience, <clears throat> from my computer's point of view, like forty percent of the CPUs used dealing with the, uh, the Facebook tracking, and forty percent of the CPU is used by the software used to block all the <laughs> all the tracking, which leaves me with twenty like percent content. Hmm. It's a slow experience, but anyways, my computer's dying. That's another story. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I guess we should actually get into the, uh, to the meat and potatoes of this whole thing. Um, we don't have any, uh, updates on Rafe Badawi that I know of. Um, I don't have a five minute freestyle because again, as I was saying to, to Bridget earlier, uh, before the show, I came very close to, Nixing tonight. Uh, okay, I guess this could be my freestyle, but yeah, I did come very close to nixing the show tonight, largely because I was angry. I was watching a lot of news today, uh, well, the past few days, actually. Good way to get angry. Well, it, it kind of ties into the show tonight. So the episode tonight, episode 312, is it safe? That's of course a throwback to to Marathon Man. Um, four out of ten would not recommend, but 
this pandemic has really messed up the world. And I'm, I'm, I'm using, I'm being, I'm taking, I'm saying that very lightly. Burst the comfort bubble. Well, but the thing is now, like we've, we've had quarantines, we've had lockdowns, we've had stores closing, we've had businesses that have been, that are permanently shuttered. Uh, and again, I'm speaking more from the U S cause that's where I see a lot of this news coming from. There, there are, <clears throat> there are small businesses that will never come back. They just, they, they can't afford to anymore. Um, the only companies that seem to be really benefiting these days are places like Walmart and target and other big businesses that, you know, everybody's going to right now, but now things are changing in that some places are deciding that the curve is sufficiently flattened by which that means that if there is a spike in infections, the medical facilities in that area won't be overtaxed. So a lot of places are starting to look at restarting or reopening. Now, some places are doing their best to phase it in. So I, I know of a few places, even up North here that are, they're going through a lot of upgrades. Like I, I saw an article yesterday, I think it was yesterday about a restaurant in British Columbia where they've taken out a bunch of their tables so that you've got the social distancing requirements at each table set. They've actually erected plexiglass, uh, spit shields. Um, for, you know, again, to, to help, um, block any potential transmission. But anyways, imagine being in that environment. Well, but the thing is, you know, if, um, people are, they're straining, they're, 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 they're chafing at the bit to, to get out and try to get back to some semblance of normality, which, you know, rational or irrational as it is, I can kind of see it. But the thing is places are looking at phasing in. So first you've got limited opening, um, where you keep social distancing. And if, if your business meets those requirements, then you'll be allowed to open. But if not, then you can't. And if you, if you open anyway, then you're in trouble. I can't remember what the rest of the phase, what the phases are. Um, I'll have to look into it, but, um, and, and no, and TP Saker makes a point. Um, the, the AC is still going to be moving uh, air particles around. I'm hoping that a lot of that is taken into account um, as these phases happen. But the other thing that's happening is we've got um, we've got some places that are seem to be doing okay. We've got other places where they're live streaming, twerking in the streets. Uh, why do I always go back to New York? I don't know what it is with me. To be honest, I, I don't have a beef with New York. But that just seems to be where I'm getting a lot of these, uh, a, a lot of uh, stories and a lot of reports about uh, people just acting really weird. What did you say? Twerking? Twerking. You oh, know, the, the, the dance where they're like yeah. shaking their butt in ways that would like permanently damage some people's spines. <clears throat> okay. 
Yeah. Um, I would have to be 40 kinds of drunk and high to even think about that. And I, I think if honestly, if I was that chemically inebriated, I'd be dead. So don't, don't look for me. Don't look for me twerking on TikTok. Please. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyways, um, so what I wanted to do tonight is, you know, like, um, I, I'm curious to see how other places are handling this, you know, th this want to restart this sort of need to get things up and running, uh, no Shujin. Uh, there will never be a Patreon call of showing me, uh, twerking. <laughs> that is not going to happen. Kind of like DV505, you know, that the bass player. <laughs> 10 million likes. Because <sighs> he's always wearing these headphones. Yeah, Stephanie, you've seen my face, and I don't know if you've seen any part of me below the neck. But, um, yeah. But no, what I'm... What I wanted to get a sense of was, you know, how are things going in other places in terms of the, um, the, the reopening, if, if one's happening, cause I know some places they didn't lock down. I know, um, Sweden, they never did anything like that, but they did pay a bit of a price for that. Uh, from what I was told. Are they over the hump? I think so, but they, they decided to go more of the, uh, herd immunity route right off the bat. <clears throat> yeah, like it when we first did. Yeah, but um, yeah, and like I just I read an article today. Um, as of Friday, uh, here in Calgary, um, Calgary and another city uh, or town called Brooks have both been given the green light to start a phased reopening. So that. Uh, which is a good thing. Again, if done right, I, I think it, it can still, yes, there is risk, but I think it can be minimized and mediated if, if it's done properly. Um, but I, I also see that there's a lot of opposition, like, uh, New York wants to remain locked down. Uh, I thought I heard somewhere that California, uh, they said they were going to lock, stay locked down until there was a vaccine. Which to me makes no sense whatsoever. I mean, isn't there talk of, uh, like Bridget, you probably know this better than I do, but isn't there, there is talk of like, they're, they're going to be ending certain, um, certain funding, like the emergency funding, aren't they at some point? Mm -hmm. But then again, you have to look at places like Montgomery, Alabama, where mm -hmm. they have opened back up. However, their ICU is now at capacity. They cannot take any more people. And they're still having cases go up. They're one of the hot spots now. Yeah. So. And I, and I have a problem with this whole herd immunity thing that's going on in Sweden. And I'll tell you why. <laughs> if, if you're interested. Please. I, I'm, I, I told you my throat was shot. So <laughs> please <laughs> talk. Yeah, um, because. I think we're going to find out in in the future, you know, 10 years, 15 years down the line, that anyone who has contracted this, even if they're asymptomatic, they're going to have permanent damage that they're not aware of. And 
you know, what kind of medical costs is that going to present? Um, you know, you have children now that are getting heart damage that had no symptoms at all. And, you know, maybe they're 10 years old or whatever. But this stuff attacks every single part of your body. And it attacks it because it causes inflammation in the endothelial cells, which makes up, you know, the inside of your arteries, your veins. It attacks the heart, lungs, liver, pancreas, kidneys. So even if you are an asymptomatic carrier, you still have this damage going on that it may not manifest itself in serious disease until years later. And all of a sudden you drop dead from a heart attack that you didn't know that you had any heart issues. And so I think that this herd immunity thing this way with people throwing COVID parties and things like that, I think it's a ticking time bomb and I don't think we should go there. Okay. COVID parties. Are they actually doing that? Yes. Down here. (laughs) And I just think that that's really, really foolish. That, that is irresponsible. I mean, I've heard, I've heard of, you know, the, the chicken pox parties or the measles parties. And that's know, what they're modeled on, and I just think that's a dumbass thing to do. Yeah, you know, th- this is the that to me. If, if I'm using like an explosive e- uh, equivalency, um, you know, a, a chicken pox or a measles party would be like you know playing hot potato with a live firecracker. But this here, we're we're talking military grade ordnance in terms of you know just how severe COVID can be. Well, we are, and there was one doctor I was listening to three or four days ago that was on a uh, virology podcast that I listened to, Mm -hmm. Uh, and he was comparing it to this generation's polio, that there's going to be all of these effects that, you know, we may not see until months or years down the road, and, you know, polio caused so much damage and so many different ways, whether it was paralyzing your lungs or limbs or, you know, causing shriveling on one side of your body. Uh, and, and that was the best comparison he had was comparing this to polio. There's no vaccine for it right now. And I think we're all going to be in danger of it until there is a vaccine. And who knows when that will be or if that will even be. Yeah, I've, I've been hearing that... Um... I wish I had it pulled up, but there, there was talk that, um, there have been strides made, uh, in places, um, with a potential vaccine, but even if, and when that comes out, there's still going to be, okay. So this was fast tracked, which means it's probably not going through the same, um, trial and I'm going to, I'm going to butcher this word, but the same sort of protocols that a a new vaccine goes through in terms of testing and evaluation. Um, you know, a lot of people are, I, you know, you can imagine how many people would be very reluctant to be that first set of people to take the vaccine. Well, yeah, I would be reluctant to be in that first group as well. Yeah. Uh, I would want to see if it was, you know, safe and things like that. Well, but another uh, thing too, is you have these mutations, um, mm-hmm. you know, right now there are two prevalent strains. You have the L and the S, and the S is the one that broke out Wuhan first. And the disease on the West Coast is similar to that one. But the one that's on the East Coast and in the rest of the country is the L strain, which is actually more lethal. (laughs) But you can go back and look at the phylogeny charts, and it has mutated 
so much between starting out in Wuhan to coming here and then us sending it back out. And I'll have to get you for the show notes uh, this really cool COVID project map that will show you all the mutations. Yeah, no, that, that would be great. Um, it's interesting. Yeah, and in, scary. Yeah. In the chat, uh, TB Seeker is saying that um, VA hospitals have been doing testing or have been doing uh, vaccine testing. Hmm. Um, you know, Seeker, I actually, I would be interested if, if you've got a, um, if you've got, um, a citation for that, I'd really like it for the show notes if, if possible. Um, I'm just, I'm really curious about, you know, how that's going. Uh, did you guys hear that? Uh, you didn't hear that? Okay, good. I um, didn't hear it. What is it? Oh, some guy. Okay. Where my house is located, uh, I'm very close to like um, the beltway around our city. It's kind of a ring road. <clears throat> the idea behind it was that uh, big trucks could could actually bypass the city if they didn't have to be in here. Um, but apparently there are a couple of people that like to use it as a uh, racetrack at night. I hear that joker every night that there's no snow on the road. <laughs> I'm not sure if it's a if it's a high powered car or a motorcycle or what, but and it looks like uh, yeah, Shujin's on his way out. So have a good night, Chief. Uh, we'll we'll do our best here. Um, actually, uh, Richard, another thing I wanted to ask the I think it was a couple of weeks ago we talked about um what COVID is. Uh, a lot of people said it was respiratory, but you know, with the whole COVID toes things and everything, <clears throat> mm-hmm. uh, you, you said there. You 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 gave us an article that uh, said it was more of a clotting disease or mm-hmm. virus, I should say. Um, has there been any? I haven't seen anything on that in any uh, news since then. Like, have they? Has there been any talk about the progress going down that road or? Um, I haven't heard of any progress on it. I have heard some more, you know, they're still doing research, of course, but they're running into problems now where they have started trying to pre-treat people with heparin and things like that when they're admitted mm-hmm. because that they know that the clotting disorders are there. They're finding them up, up on uh, autopsies. Yeah. You know, 201, even if it's a little microclots, but the problem with administering heparin preventively now when people are admitted is it's causing brain bleeds. Oh yeah. So that's, that's, you know, a, a consideration. Yeah. Which is weird because the, every time I've been in the hospital, that that was like one of the first things they started jabbing into me was, was heparin. Mm-hmm. And, now, and now knowing that it could do that, it could have done that to me. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I haven't set foot in a hospital. That's understanding. Their understanding right now is it attacks uh, the endothelial tissue, and that's what's causing all of the inflammation and the clotting and all that. And that would make sense. Endothelial tissue runs throughout your whole body, and that's what's causing you know so many you know so many organ failures and things like that. What what sort of tissue? Sorry, endothelial. Uh, it's the tissue that lines your arteries and veins, capillaries. All over your whole okay. body. Yeah. And what's it? What's its role? Wait, endothelial tissue. It just it's it just. Um, 
I don't know how you would explain it. I, I mean, it just lines all of your arteries, veins, capillaries, organs, all that. Is it structural or? Yes. Okay. Kind of like a, a sheath on the inside. Okay. And this stuff happens to attack that and cause inflammation in it. And it also attaches itself to ACE2 receptors. And those are, you know, in your heart, your lungs, your testicles. Sounds like a sort of, uh, excuse the stupid layman expression, but like waterproofing. <laughs> Well, I, I think it's to help with gas exchange as far as like uh, carbon dioxide, oxygen, and all of that. That's how the carbon dioxide evacuated into the bloodstream. Heading back towards the... Okay. Yeah. But all right, gotcha. We're finding that some people that are on ACE2 inhibitors actually do better... Uh, have better outcomes. Okay, and what are what are those the the inhibitors? What they give those a lot of times to people who have high blood pressure and heart problems. Gee, I'll I'll have to look at the meds that I take because uh, I I do have high blood pressure. It's it's a family thing. Mm-hmm. I wonder if uh, one of the ones I take is is uh, something like that. Uh, I think they were saying things like lisinopril and uh, catapress, that those kinds of things help. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I honestly, I... <laughs> I'm kind of fuzzy on it, though, because it's, it's been a long time yeah. since I've you know, taken any pharmacology classes and things, but... Well, it, uh, it's it's so weird, because um, I keep hearing, you know, from, from some places about... Uh, they talk about people who are older and who have pre-existing conditions are, you know, definitely more susceptible to, to, to contracting this thing and, you know, mm-hmm. suffering from it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in the conversations you have, you and I have had, and then mapping it onto myself, uh, yes, I'm older. Yes, I do have some pre-existing conditions. Uh, I actually had to get a modified insurance plan because of that. Yeah. It, nothing at the funny thing was the one I got was actually cheaper than the one I was originally looking at and it, it does everything I needed to do, which is good. Um, but yeah, preexisting conditions with, with high blood pressure and with the, uh, the fact that I'm on blood thinners now for the rest of my life. Thank you. Um, not sure who I'm thanking there, but, but, but again, from the conversations you and I have had, it sounds like I might be okay. And I use that very, I, 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 I say that very, very lightly. Um, it doesn't mean I'm going to go out and, you know, risk anything, but. Uh, I mean, you might be. I think the reason that we're having so many older people die here. I mean, at least I can speak you know, to the U.S. I, I don't know about other countries, what their healthcare systems are like. But a lot of people here that are older need to be on these medications, but they can't afford them. And so they're not taking them or they ration them. And that would Mm -hmm. make a difference. Yeah, I'm just looking here. Um, I'm going to slap this into the chat 
I guess, our group chat and let you take a look at this. But this is really freaky deaky. Yeah. And I was just looking at a couple of other things here. Uh, just kind of going off of what uh, TP Seeker has been saying in the chat about um, about a possible vaccine. I did pick up a few things from NPR, uh, which he had mentioned, or they had mentioned. Sorry, I <laughs> I don't mean to assume. Um, these ones I'll take a look at, and if if any of them are, are kind of what I'm looking at or what we're looking for, I'll definitely put them in the show notes <clears throat> for for this week. Uh, if anybody's looking for a really good podcast to listen to that's up on this and is also, they also discuss, you know, the looking for a vaccine and certain medical treatments that they've, you know, that they're testing out in Petri dishes and things like that is uh, This Week in Virology, TWIV. Yeah, if you can throw the a link to that. The episodes have been just awesome. Yeah, if you can throw a link to that one in the show notes too. And actually, that's where you, uh, you said you got the thing about the blood clotting as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, from there. So yeah, that would be one to throw in the notes. Um, and like Shujin says, he doesn't, uh, he doesn't like to make it about America all the time. Um, it's just that that's, that's where all the fun stuff seems to happen. Yeah. Uh, do you see this link here for people who are listening? It's nextstrain.org slash NCOB slash global. Let's see. Uh, just, I'm getting a spinning globe right now. Oh, yeah. Whoa. That's a lot of colors. <laughs> yeah. We're red, by the way. Just thought I would. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll take a look at that. Uh, and I, I definitely will put it in the show notes. Um, actually, Joseph, I want to throw it to, over to you for a bit. Um, I know a lot about how things are going, you know, stateside and up here in Canada in terms of our reopening and the uh, trials we're having as a result of it. How are things going in, like in France in general, like with this whole thing? Um, well, the the lockdown has been relaxed since the 11th of May. Mm-hmm. But uh, everything's still very, very calm. There's a lot of people still working from home. Yeah, people seem to be more or less pretty disciplined. Okay, so... Although I have to say my neighbors, uh, well, yesterday it was party time. Um, it was funny, at 3 o'clock in the morning I wake up and I hear <clears throat> Rod Stewart. I mean, my neighbors have to be in their 20s, but listening to Rod Stewart at like 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning, it's kind of strange. Well, I mean, th- there are worse things you could have heard, if you think about it. Ah, uh, well, yeah. You know? <laughs> well, it's it's just like, why Rod Stewart? I mean, what, uh, if you think I'm sexy, it was like, what, 1978 or something? Well, that, like that's, that. that's, that's total disco era. But, but again, oh, you know, there's a connotation there. It kind of makes you wonder, what were they doing? Oh, uh, well, that's pretty easy because uh, the girl who lives there was uh, quite drunk and singing. So, oh, okay, <laughs> it's not, not quite what I was thinking. Okay, I, 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 I'm thinking something that would show up on Pornhub, but turns out it's just karaoke. Okay, that's fine. You have quite an imagination. Sir. I have a very. Uh, I live alone, Joseph. Oh, my imagination is about all I have these days. 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know that the, the TMI flag is down on that one. I realize. Um, uh, what, whatever floats your boat. Uh, okay. Anyways, innuendo aside. Um, so as far as, uh, but it, is it like, is it the country as a whole that seems to be fairly well disciplined? Like, are, are you seeing the kind of protests or something like, uh, we're seeing over here or. Well, let's just say the assholes are coming out of the woodwork. So you, you've got your own version of um, the lockdown is this, the COVID. Like, I've actually seen it where people have said that COVID is a hoax. Just got people who are just, you know, so entrenched in their. Um, I don't know what to call it. Taking everything for granted. Um, you know, it's not affecting me, so it doesn't exist. Yeah. It's, it's their, I don't want to say complacency, but, um, but it's not even, um, it's not even a thought process. It's actually an absolute one. Yeah. It's, it's more of a, I want to say a lack of empathy or a lack of compassion on the part of uh, people. I think, I think that's what a lot of it is. Well, yeah, I mean, we're like 90% run by our subconscious. So, you know, the subconscious is content. It won't even relay anything to the, the rest of the brain. So, you know, yeah. we've got this basic sense of comfort and, uh, and that's it, you know. If it's not a direct threat or uh, if it's not a, if I don't see the danger, then the danger doesn't exist. Yeah. Basically that. No alarm bells, no nothing. Yeah, it's, and I, a lot of where this, you know, sort of comes from for me, I, I think it's, it's fear. You know, it, it's, this is something unknown. It's unprecedented in, you know, a lot of current generations. Um, I mean, I've heard a lot of references to the Spanish flu since this whole thing came out in terms of, you know, how widespread it was, how dangerous it was. And I don't think there's anybody, no. there's nobody alive right now who went through the Spanish flu because it was, it, it was that old. So like when you were talking about, you know, that, that sense of comfort or how it's, uh, it, it, it isn't bothering me. So therefore, you know, I don't have to worry. I think a lot of people are just scared because they've never had to face anything that is so close to them that could potentially kill them that they're, they're turtling, you know, they're just putting their, their it's like being locked in a room with loud noise and all you want to do is just cover your ears and scream, make it stop at the top of your lungs. But I don't see people doing that at all. Well, I, I'm thinking in terms of like when you said the assholes were coming out of the woodwork, you know, or, or the people who were denying people that it. don't have that because I mean, the people who are locked in at home are the people who get the alarm bells, who get the, who see the danger, who are afraid. It's the ones who aren't who are kind of impervious to, to reality. Mm. Um, 
yeah, well, you can put all sorts of people into that particular. Yeah, like I'm thinking people with sense of uh, entitlement, people with a sense of uh, just whatever. Yeah, um, I just think about um, like people are trying, you know, to, to put into place ways to get us back to some kind of function, you know, in terms of, and I, I don't mean to say this, uh, in a derogatory sense, but you know, to, to get the economies of countries back up and running again, because, you know, eventually the money's going to run out, food is going to run out. Um, you know, basic supplies are going to start running out at some point. So something, something, I see. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, Even if you're if you're locked at home, and uh, you know, no matter whether you think the 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 illness is real or not, um, well, if you're out of work and your paycheck, uh, you know, doesn't exist anymore. Well, yeah, uh, you're going to start feeling the pain. Yeah, and and you've got you've got you know the the, the paycheck protection programs. You've got the uh, the bonuses from. Um, or not, not bonuses, but the relief checks, stimulus checks, sorry, coming from the U S government, um, which apparently are so high that some, some employees who are working are being asked to be laid off because they'd make more on unemployment than they would actually working. I hope to get their jobs back again after. Well, but the thing is, everybody seems to think that the government's just going to keep, you know, printing money until there's a vaccine. And even after that, well, why, why should I go back to work if the government's going to take care of me? You know, but, but not realizing oh. that all this extra money that's coming into the system is going to have some pretty heavy consequences down the line. You know, it's, oh. it's, it's not as cut and dried as some people might think, you know, inflation's going to go into orbit after like when everything starts back up, you know, it's even, even once I get a vaccine, once everything is sort of back to whatever they call normal, um, there's going to be consequences for all of this. But there, there wouldn't have to be, if this had been done and, you know, done correctly in the first place. Oh, Um, okay. So by done correctly. I mean, we have we have already bailed out the banks. We did this in 2008. We should not have pulled this shit again. That's right. Because all they're doing is taking the money, paying themselves bonuses. People that have taken this relief money, you know, larger corporations, have paid out huge dividends to their yep. shareholders and still let people go. Yeah, I've seen. And that, was, I, and I, that pisses me off. Yeah, what I've seen people. I've seen people game the system, and it's it's bullshit. Well, they they, they gain it every time, and what they should have done, had it been me, if I was president, which I'm not, um, it would have been better to give every single citizen in our country a million dollars each. It would have been cheaper. They could have taken that money and put it into the economy themselves, buying what they need and saving the rest for retirement. And yeah. that would have done a hell of a lot more to stimulate the economy. Yeah, I, I fully agree. Um, things could have definitely been done better, but. And it would have gotten rid of our homeless problem. Boom. (laughs) You know? Well, you'd hope. 
Well, with a million dollars, you should not be homeless. <sighs> well, there's there's no... Yeah, like, where's the outrage at that? I mean, um, you know, the, the bailouts and all that. The, the taxpayers are the ones that should have gotten the bailouts. Excuse yeah. me. But a lot of those, uh, a lot of those protests, a lot of that outrage, it falls on deaf ears or it's, it's, it's the, they do their best to, to minimize it. There's, there's not enough protests to get their attention. No. There's not, but there's a lot of better ways that three, $3 trillion could have been spent. It would have been cheaper just to give, you know, every yeah. family or every person a million bucks and just be done with it. Yeah. And your your earlier um, point about um, you know people being so um, confident in the government bailing them out that they think they they can quit their jobs um, that's disquieting in itself. I mean, um, you know, going back to survive by imitation, you're just relying on somebody else. Yeah, Th- that's just uh, it. To provide, to decide. You know, and I think even social media fills that function. I mean, you just, uh, what are other people thinking? What are other people saying? What do the authorities say? And all that, that's just a means, um, it's like a broadcast system for whoever (laughs) wants to manipulate that. Hey, well, there's people listening that depend on this kind of thing. Yeah. And, you know, again, there was another story I'd, I'd read where there's a restaurant that is, they're being allowed to reopen because they're following all the guidelines. They have 30 openings for their place and they can't fill them because nobody wants to go back to work because they'd be making less than what they're making um, with all of these stimulus checks and stuff like that. But people don't understand that that is going to stop at some point. You know, it's... We seem to be in a world of people who just, you know, react to whatever's in front of them right here, right now. Uh, You know, there's a, there was a great quote from an old uh, Conan magazine that I had years ago. Um, He's insulting somebody and he says, and I quote, you have the foresight of a milk fed calf. (laughs) You know, they, they, they can't see past that. Like they, they, they can't see past the check that came in the mail. They, they don't realize that this was just until things had calmed down enough or that the medical system was ramped up enough that they could potentially, um, get back out there, get back to work. Now, granted, there are, there are some who can't like Seeker just said one hairstylist gave 86 people COVID. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Believe me, I need a haircut, but I am not, uh, I'm not so desperate that I'm willing to either risk myself or force somebody to risk themselves just for that. I mean, if it, if it really gets to it and if, if I have a little bit more of the uh, 420 stuff I got sitting up here, um, I do have a set of clippers. I, I could do something very traumatic to my scalp that, you know, could, uh, that, that could help. Traumatic. Well, well yeah. Cause I, I don't even want to think about what I would look like trying to cut my own hair. Oh, question for you, Alan. what's that? I've got a question for you. Okay. 
that restaurant that you're talking about <clears throat> yeah. that has 30 openings, mm-hmm. would you take one of those openings considering that right now they're only opening at 25 to 50% capacity so that the traffic is not going to be very high and you're working for $2.11 an hour plus tips? That is a point. I, I will admit that. But, but again, at the same time, um, yes, I, I'm sitting at home, I, I'm sitting at home getting my, you know, 1200 bucks a, a week or whatever. But what happens when the government shuts that off? Then what? Well, I mean, eventually they will, but there's no way at this point that I would voluntarily give up unemployment to get $2 and 11 cents yeah. an hour plus tips. There's and no way in hell. No. And, and that Wait a second, you're getting, you're getting 1200 bucks a week. Well, I, I, I don't know what the, uh, what the deal is. Well, I mean, here it varies from state to state. Like, I think here you can get, like, I don't know, two sixty three a week. I mean, it's not very much. Yeah. But it's more than $2.11 an hour. Yeah. And, and that's the thing, is that people are actually making more uh, while they're unemployed than they would. Uh, and, and, okay, restaurants is one thing, but, you know, there are other um, businesses as well that are having this. Um well, and you're having some grocery stores that were paying extra money to have people, mm-hmm. you know, work there because it was risky. And Kroger and some of the other larger stores decided, okay, your uh, hero bonus is over. We're taking that away. I would be pissed. Hero bonus. Is that really what the whole billion? Yeah, that it was like an extra two bucks an hour because you were putting yourself at, at risk working in a grocery store, like, but they've decided to cut that off. What a way to displace in a way it's like avoiding responsibility because I mean these people are not heroes they're fucking victims I mean they have no yeah. choice but to go they're to being work. taken advantage of yeah and they're also passing you know trying to well Mitch McConnell's getting legislation passed to where if you happen to put your workers at risk because you're not providing distancing and equipment things like that they cannot sue you which is holy bullshit. shit yeah that that is garbage like if, if that passes that companies are now immune from, from liability for putting their people at risk like that, uh, That's just so that are not just the fact that somebody would come up with that bill to that purpose. That is already outrageous. That's, that's Mitch McConnell is evil. He is an evil son okay. of a bitch. And we're in a yeah. fucking world where these people literally take people for literal sheep. Yeah. I mean, uh-huh. you know, um, but, you, but you know, the thing is Joseph and, and what I've sort of seen uh, from the States is that, okay, fine. You know, you, you don't, you don't want to do this. Go ahead, quit because there are 500 other people who will do that same job who are not as, who don't have the. Um, that's how the system's set up and that's exactly yeah. how they want it. Yeah. Uh, and but the, the, the real, you know, we can complain about people like this, but the real source of the problem is, uh, our complacency. Yeah. We're, we're letting it happen because it doesn't affect us. It doesn't affect me. So I'm not doing anything about it. Yeah. Um, I've, yeah, I've I got my high paying job doing my remote stuff or whatever. Um, who cares as so long as I can go to Walmart and get what I want 
or get what I need. And I use that term loosely. Um, you know, let the other people, let, let the, let the plebs take care of it. I'm okay. Well, it's not, no, it's not that, but we're talking about two different levels. You've got the, the people making shit laws like this, that will be the cause of death of people. And then you've got the people who are affected and, you know, of course, nothing's simple. You've got all sorts of people. It's hard to put everybody yeah. into the same <laughs> box, but I mean, basically it comes down to, um, I don't have time to deal with it. Um, I, you know, I'm too busy ensuring my own survival or yeah. I'm not worried about it because, uh, it doesn't affect me. So the problem doesn't exist. Well, and that's the other thing too. You said you, you hit the nail on the head there. You said, I'm too busy worried about my own survival. Because everybody's running under such high pressure these days, they don't have time. They, they, they don't have the uh, the time or the brain power or, or the, the, the mental time to sit down and actually think critically about this kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, it, no, it, it's just because it, you're so busy trying to keep your life together that you you can't focus on things like what the government is doing. You can't. Um, you, you can't stop and think critically about it because y you're just, you're, you're so stressed with everything that if you, if you start focusing on that, you're going to lose something, you're going to lose time or you're going to, you're well, going to stroke out or something. Even if you go there, um, you can add, uh, ignorance to the mix because even if you do think about it crit critically, we still don't know enough about this disease to know yeah. what's a good or bad thing to do. You know? So in a way, like, uh, yeah, I'd like to do something, but what do I do? I mean, because, yeah. um, you know, I'd like to go help other people, but will I be putting them at risk? I mean, we don't know enough about the, um, the disease. I mean, you know, we're learning more and more, uh, mm -hmm. how much is making it to the media. That's something else. But I mean, like, uh, for example, for the contamination, um, actually surfaces is turning out to be, um, very low on the risk scale. Yeah. Um, like, but still, yeah, that doesn't mean we should stop. Uh, that mean, doesn't mean we should stop paying attention. I mean, we still have to, but I mean, uh, uh, we should focus more on, uh, the person to person transmission. Yeah. But, but the big thing that comes out of that, a though, more, but it, it's not enough to um, to feed or to make a conclusive decision about, for example, going back to work. Yeah, and and actually, Stephanie put in the uh, in the chat that we are the Eloy, uh, which I think that was That's from exactly it. Yeah, that was from the Time Machine, as I recall. Yeah, yeah. And I don't hear that reference very often. But no, <laughs> and that, yeah, well said. Oh God, I I saw that movie in a theater when I was movie. Oh, God, I was like eight or nine years old. I think it was. Yeah, it was, it was a Saturday matinee that I saw that movie. I didn't know the movie. Oh wait, wait, wait a second. Yes, I did. Wait. Yeah, oh, you know the, they, they the, cut out the parts about the Eloy and the Morlocks. No, no, they, they, they were there. 
Okay. Oh, I have to see that again. Yeah, re- read the book. It's better. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Because that was a big, the Eloy and the Mormox. That was a big yeah. part of it. And then when the gong sounded, the Eloy would go to be sacrificed or whatever it was. I think that's how it went. Willingly. Well, yeah, it was a programmed, it, it was societal programming. Uh, what, what, I forget what went on. There was like, they would only take a few each time or something like that. Yeah. But they, they all had to answer the call and then they would, ones would be selected and then the rest would just, you know, go back to whatever. Yeah. But, um, no, you know, it's, um, I didn't know about this, uh, this thing with McConnell. Um, I mean, I know the guy's a, I know the guy's an asshole. I, I've always known the guy's an asshole. And I think now he's actually been immortalized in a really bad, bad ad. I, I saw this today. I was, um, I was out watching TV. I was watching something that I'd pre-recorded from uh, like weeks ago. And I, I was, I was checking something on my phone. So I just, I let the commercial go commercials go through and one popped up and I looked at it and went, what in the hell did I just watch? It was a, uh, what was it? It was a chess set. Uh, a 2020 commemorative Republican versus Democrat chess set. I, I, I put the link in the, in the Holy crap. Uh, uh, yeah. In, in the Holy, in the, in the Holy crap server. Let me, uh, let me bring it up here. Uh, and the, the, uh, the, the Democrat pieces are all what? Um, flavors of pizza. No, <laughs> <laughs> What they are, um, let me, let me bring it up here. This is, this is crazy what I saw. Okay. It's a, uh, collector's edition, uh, chess set celebrates historic election. Uh, it's a 2020 battle for the white house. Um, it, it hasn't happened yet. How can it celebrate it? Oh, it, it gets better. So you've, you've got the, the full 32 piece set. Um, so on the Republican side, the king is Donald Trump. Oh my God. Oh, it get Bridget. You're going to love this part. The queen is Mike Pence. Uh, okay. Good. I was waiting for, I was waiting for a chuckle off of that one. Oh, well, um, he doesn't strike me very much as being very queen. Like, <laughs> well, he is a bit of a bitch, but uh, that's my opinion. Um, the pawn is a Republican elephant. Of course. Um, the, the, the two bishops are justice Brett Kavanaugh and chief justice, John Roberts. Uh, the two knights are, one of them is Senator Mitch McConnell. The other one is representative Kevin McCarthy. Uh, Look, maybe it's just me, but having anybody in power these days with last name McCarthy should be something to fear. I'm just saying. Uh, and the two rooks are, uh, are W and Dick Cheney. Now for the Democrat side, uh, the King and Queen spots are empty because, well, they don't know yet. And apparently if you order this, they'll send you everything. They'll send you the board and the the pieces and everything with these two placeholders. 
And when an election is finally, when there is finally a, um, a candidate, uh, for president and vice president, then they'll send you those pieces. Uh, then of course the pawn is the donkey. The bishops are, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg and Sonia Sotomayor. The knights are Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi. And the rooks are Obama and Biden. Now, this is interesting because if Biden does become the Democratic uh, candidate, so does that mean you're going to have two Bidens on the table? Mm. I don't know. It's it, it's something to something to ponder. Not even trying anymore? No, uh, honestly, uh, some of the lulls I'm seeing these days uh, with this whole thing. Um. Oh, did, Bridget, did you hear the latest? Um, I'm not trying to rag on the Democrats here because I am I'm much more lefty than I, I may present. But uh, did you hear his latest gaffe? Yes, I did. That is. And in- I'm hearing from black people, though, that they're like, eh, get over it. <laughs> yeah. Oh. And, and, and that's the thing. What's that? What was his latest guy? Uh, he was on a radio show uh, with a uh, with a guy. What does he call himself? What's it his was name? Charlemagne the God. Charlemagne the God. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And he he actually said this is Joe Biden said that um, if if, you if, if you're still trying to decide black. whether or not to vote for for me or for Trump, then you're you ain't black. He basically told the African-American community that if they don't vote for, for Biden, they shouldn't be considered black. Uh, are you sure that's what he was saying? That is exactly yeah, what he said. That's what he was saying. Yep. Okay. Yeah, th- that wow. is a weapons-grade facepalm style gaffe right there. Okay. Um, I would interpret. Yeah, I could. Well, that could be interpreted a few ways. Yeah. Um, which means that uh, the black, it could also mean that the black people are the black community. Yeah, there's like so 3%. That exists, but I mean, uh, it could be that uh, <clears throat> he was they're already people. decided. Well, he was referring to people only... like Herman Payne and um, Michael Steele and things like that. Well, those yeah. are the exceptions. Those are people exactly. who pretend they make their living off of ignorance. So they need ignorance. Hmm. The ignorance enforces. So it was because like three or four percent of African Americans do not support Biden at this point. Something like that. Uh, how many? It's only like three or four percent. It's a very small yeah, percentage. And that's why I think what he was what he might have been saying, uh, is that uh, you know, um, that part of the community has already decided. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just pulled it up on um, I pulled it up on CNN's website. You have a website. problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. Which means, you know, um, what remains to be fought over is the middle of the road, uh, quote unquote. Well, yeah, it's it, white, white middle class. What's left of the class, well, it's uh, the moderates. Order. It, it's the moderates yeah, that's it. and it's, it's always been a battle for the moderates, but uh, the trouble with a lot of the, um, uh, 
what we see with a lot of the potential democratic uh, candidates is that they've been pandering very much to the far left uh, extremists, you know, mm-hmm. the, the ones who, who scream that everybody's an istophobe for having wrong think. And, you know, I, I, I get a very Orwellian vibe ta- listening to a lot of these people. And did you repeat that? I'm sorry. And those people are never going to come to your side anyway. Yeah. Um, Sorry. uh, When I, when I I said the word istophobe, what that means is if you don't think exactly the way they do, you are uh, in no particular order, a sexist, a racist, a homophobe, a transphobe, a um, ageist, ableist. You're just just not me. You're just another yeah, you know, you are, but you are every bad. bad yeah, you are every bad thing out there. Bad. <laughs> that was a very bad bleat. But I mean, uh, yeah, well, it's sheeple talk. Yeah, but, um, you know, in the. Istophobe, I learned a new word today. I cannot take credit. I have, I've actually heard this one from, from uh, other YouTubers that I watch. I watch way too many YouTubers. I really shouldn't. It is a bad thing. Um, it's it's almost a guilty pleasure. You know, yeah. kind of like that like, that that triple stacker chocolate fudge sundae that you know you really shouldn't have, but you're going to have it anyway because I guess just because you can. Or, or again, is that just me? Or like going to a zoo? Well, I don't think there's anything wrong with going to a zoo. I do. Anyways, um, yeah. <laughs> okay. Animals are fascinating, but shit. You know, <sighs> good about, but captivity you know, sucks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That, that that's true. But um, <laughs> uh, seeker. Uh, sorry, not sorry, because I really want ice cream too. I don't have any, and I really shouldn't because, um, let's just say the quarantine diet ain't exactly working very well for me. I know, right? Oh, God. But but guess what I have? What do you have? I have salted caramel core. Oh. I love salted caramel. I do, too. (laughs) But, you know, I I am actually getting kind of creative with with a few things. Um, I, I haven't bought bread in a long time because I can, I can make it at home. I got a bread maker. Uh, plus I, I think I know how to bake bread the traditional way. If I really, really worked at it, <laughs> first world problems. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I buy a lot of, uh, tortillas, you know, for making wraps or burritos or stuff like that. And I also have a George Foreman grill, you know, like those panini maker type things. Yeah. So a couple days ago, I, I thought I'd try something fun. I took a couple of, I took a couple of tortillas uh, put some peanut butter on them, a little bit of strawberry jam. I wrapped it and f- I wrapped and folded them up, uh, burrito style. And I threw them on the foreman for a few minutes to, to toast it. Oh my God, that was good. The, I think the only way I could have done it better is if I'd done it with Nutella. But then I probably would have just died from the sugar shock. <laughs> yeah, see, you're right. It is it is bread. Um, 
it, it's carbs. It's bad for me. I know. But it's a lot easier to make a burrito than it is to make, you know, taco meat in a sandwich. This just, is true. Just saying, you know. Although, ooh. Grilled cheese sandwich with some of that. The, okay, you know what? I got to stop this. I, I'm gaining weight just thinking about this. <laughs> well, and I learned how to, during quarantine, learned how to make coconut curry soup. Ooh. Now, now you see, Ooh. that actually sounds healthier than the stuff I've been working with. <laughs> actually, that's absolutely amazing for weight loss. What, coconut uh, curry soup? Yeah, if you don't put potatoes in it. Oh, I, I don't put potatoes in it. Yeah, mm. no carbs. A little bit of uh, bell pepper sautéed. Yeah, that'll work. You got to th- throw that recipe at me because I'm, I'm now curious. Because I've, I've got a ton of curry powder from uh, when my girlfriend visited. She made me curry one night, and it was really, really good. I love curry. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I am finding that I, I am getting a lot more... Um, my my tastes are starting to diversify a little bit. Um, and it, it was actually, it was hilarious. Uh, the last time I went to the store, uh, I go look at the meat counter, and th- this was weird. So still get chicken, still get pork, still get fish, no problem. But you go to the beef section, and there was a notice, and this I can't figure out. They're saying that in order to help serve their customers, they are now stocking beef that came from the U.S. And I thought, if the U.S. is having so many problems with shortages and stuff, what the hell are these guys doing bringing that stuff up here? Like, keep it down there for you guys. You know, you need it more than we do. Well, the shortage is because... We don't have people working in the slaughterhouses who can process it. That's, yeah, that's it's the supply chains. Like, um, yeah, we have one thing up here. I'm actually, I need to get in touch with uh, some friends. Um, if you are friends with a livestock farmer, or if you if you know how to get a hold of one who's doing it, you can pay them. You know, two hundred, three hundred bucks, and they will literally give you a side of beef. Like they, they'll, they'll, they'll take from their own stock. They will, they will kill the cow. They will carve it up and process it any way you want. And then it will come to you either flash frozen or at the very least wrapped so that you can freeze it. Mm-hmm. Like r- literally right off the farm. You don't have to go to the store. Uh, <clears throat> like business was done before our middleman economy. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's something it's, it's been done up here. I think my. He's, he's probably making more profit off of your few bucks than he gets with whatever. You're selling them to the slaughterhouse. Oh, I guarantee it. Yeah. I, I guarantee it. Um, they would just do that with pigs because they're having to euthanize all these pigs. And it's really sad. Yeah. But the, the trouble there is that the people who would want to, who the, the market that would actually be willing to purchase directly like that is probably very small because nobody's working. Nobody can afford it. See, that's, that's the problem because it's, you are still going to pay a lot. Like, yeah, you'll get a year's worth of food, but you still got to pay. It does not come cheap. Now, if you go in with a few friends, 
you know, like let's say everybody pulls like, you know, a hundred bucks, then maybe they could get enough to, to divvy up so they'd have, you know, like five or six months worth of food each. And you got to keep it. Well, I mean, yeah. you can freeze it, you know, that's not yeah. a big deal. I mean, we're thinking about doing that. Um, we're going to have to replace our refrigerator and stuff eventually, but we're thinking about getting a really tall stand up freezer and just yeah. stocking up that way. Yeah. Imagine if the electricity goes out, what's going to happen? Yeah, you lose <laughs> all your stuff. That's true. Yeah. You better, you better be careful because the, the Russians might be coming for your power grid. I've actually heard yeah. this, but yeah. Well, I guess if you got a small generator, it'd be okay. Mm-hmm. Well, we should have an economy that would be able to survive that scenario, but we don't. We should have a means of uh, dealing directly with the, the farmers. And, uh, like it and used I, to be. I, I well, think it was until the 1960s. I mean, there's, you know, yeah. the farmer's market and all that. Yeah. Um, but I, I think the problem you get there, Joseph, like especially in cities like New York and other places like that, is it's a scale. Um, what do you mean by scale? Well, okay, so you, you take a large city like like New York City or – you know, even here, Calgary, like, yeah, we've, we've got farmer's markets, but for, for cities that, you know, have millions of people in it, that kind of market economy, I, I, I don't think it scales. Um, I don't think it would scale up enough that, that it could meet that kind of demand. Like, oh. especially, like with the logistics and everything like that. So, and I, I think that's well, a problem. Like, it'll be an option, but I mean, it's not even an option. Today. Well, it, it, that's just it. Like <clears throat> for, for us, it is an option. Um, Stephanie's saying that their farmer markets are shut down because of that. Um, I, I know that I could, and again, it's just because, um, Alberta does have an agricultural component it has a livestock component that I could access that kind of market if, you know, I just need somebody to point me in the right direction. Um, but a lot of places don't have that kind of access. I, I don't know what the, what the livestock market is like in New York or in New York state. Um, you know, and so to that end would, would then a farmer, you know, I don't know, take orders online, hack everything up and then drive to New York to, to drop that stuff off. Like that, that's the thing. Well, that's how, okay. Going back to local history, like the, the Paris, the, the, the Petite, there used to be a railway that run, uh, that ran around the periphery of the city. And, uh, basically what would happen is that, uh, farmers would do exactly that. But they delivered to local commerces, but basically there was a train station where everybody would pick everything up. Hmm. Okay. No, th- I, I didn't know that. That's, that's good to know. Yeah. So it's like the connection between the, the, uh, the, the, the urban and the, um, rural, sorry. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I know what you mean. Um, you know, and it was for business, but it was also for like businesses, also big families. Like, I mean, like uh, some of the richer families, and like, um, you know, oh, well, cite an extreme example, like Presidential Palace would 
feeding. I don't know how many. So they'd have their own. They'd have their own um, connections or whatever there. Yeah. Well, I hadn't even thought about it uh, for the longest time, and then somebody, one of my friends on Facebook, brought it up that uh, they were looking. To, they had just gotten a side of beef, or that they knew a farmer that was selling um, sides of beef. So I. Actually, I, I have to remind myself tomorrow to uh, ping them and say, hey, can you hook me up or can I at least get some prices because I am I'm interested. But do you see what's going on there? I mean, um, <clears throat> that before uh, we had options and if you want options today, you really have to look for them. Yeah. So, um, you know, our economy has been basically, they've been doing their damnedest to eliminate these options to make you reliant on a few key quote unquote distributors or outlets or whatever. You well, want to call them. I mean, think about, Companies. Um, yeah, think about what's going on in the States right now. All these small okay. businesses have, have shut down either temporarily or permanently, yet Walmart and Amazon and Home Depot are seeing record profits right now. But that's that's exactly what's going on because I mean they're 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 becoming the only source. Yeah, it's just and we're, we have to like people like me. If uh, well, I'm lucky here in Paris. I mean, we have um, of course all the markets are shut down, but I mean, just in my neighborhood, we've got uh, uh, I can think of four different locations where there's open air markets uh, two times a week. So if I wanted, I can get fresh fruit and vegetable like, every day. Yeah. No COVID environment. Yeah. I haven't looked at some of the local markets around here, like the local stores to see if uh, they're open at all. There's, there's one grocery store walking distance from where I live. Um, they, they do cater more to a, uh, to a middle Eastern clientele because again, I live in that kind of area. Um, but if I, I haven't gone to see if it's still open. Like if I needed to, quickly get the necessities. I, I could think I could go there, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of limited in where I can go right now. Um, but yeah, it, it just seems so weird. And just even that, I mean, um, it's a double-edged sword. No, no, it's catch 22. No. Um, a serpent eating its own tail because I mean, um, if, if that sort of system, if you want access to that, that kind of thing, um, you have to buy into it. Yeah. But these things don't exist because nobody's buying into it. Yeah. And you know, now I'm seeing that, you know, the, the, the Walmarts up here are now bringing in beef from the United States to keep us going. Whereas you guys kind of need it, you know, down, down there. you like, I keep hearing about, um, you know, meat shortages and stuff like that. And now with, with plant, with packing plants being messed up. Does Canada need beef? Okay. Walmart does. I, I really do need to go check out. Um, we have a, we have a local chain up here. It's called uh, the Calgary co-op. Um, it, it's all Canadian. I have not set foot in there in a while. Um, I really, I need to go and get some stuff tomorrow anyway. I think I'll swing by there and see what they got and see how, uh, how good or bad things are there. <clears throat> I know that beef prices right now are absolutely insane. 
high or low? Very high. Extremely high. Okay. The last fish my husband bought was 20 bucks a pound. You know, and and when we were talking about, um, you were talking about fishing before we got on the show. Um, I don't know. That always floored me when I, when I moved to the city. Uh, what was it? My, yeah, my folks and I, we, we went to Red Lobster. I don't know why. But I, I, no, like I, I went there and I was looking at the menu and I saw two entrees that just absolutely floored me. Now this is back in 93. So I'm, I'm going back into ancient history here. Um, I saw uh, a dinner plate. It had a fillet of, of pickerel or walleye, depending on where you live. And you know, all the fixes I got 15 bucks. And then I saw another one for jackfish or pike, again, depending on where you live and what you know, with all the fixings, uh, 14 bucks. And I remember looking at the, looking up for the menu and I looked at my parents and I, I showed them. We all got a big laugh out of it because where I grew up, if I wanted pickle for dinner, I got off my ass and went out on the lake and caught it myself. So... <laughs> you know, yeah. so it was, um, I always found that interesting that, you know, if, if you wanted something like that, I would take for granted when I grew up, you know, like I said, I could just go out and catch it, but in the city to purchase that it was bloody expensive. And I imagine it's and even why? worse nowadays. What? Why? Why? Why is it expensive? Uh, because there are no lakes around, uh, if I were to do it now, I'd have to actually, well, A, I'd have to go get a license. Uh, B, I'd have to drive, I don't know how many hours to get to a lake that actually had, that potentially had that fish. Uh, I'd have to rent a boat and go out and get it. Well, um, and what Seeger's saying is no, it's but, delivery and but, storage. Well, Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Because I mean, the, you know, um, the whole point of a farmer, it's like saying, uh, well, if I want to make a loaf of bread, I have to grow the wheat myself. I mean, that's going a little, I see what you're saying, but that's yeah. a little exaggerating. But I mean, you know, these people are equipped to do that kind of thing, um, you know, where they are. So yeah, delivery and uh, storage. That's basically it. Yeah. But I'm... basically, um, I, I think this is, is a second motive there. I mean, it's basically it's profit because um, if you're living in a city, everything's expensive. And if you're living in a city, you can afford to pay more. So that's basically it. Yeah. Uh, and the rest is just rationalization. Yeah. But I mean, as far as businesses go, that that's profit is part of business. That's why you're in business. You know, yeah, you're there to make some profit off of it because you have to sustain your business. Plus, you know, you should make a little bit more so that you can either grow the business or better compensate, compensate the people who work for you. That's how it should be. Yes. And yeah, unfortunately a lot of company owners out there, I wouldn't say the stark majority, but at least the ones we hear about are assholes. 
Well, because they can. They do it because they can. Yep. That's all. And yep. why can they is because we're complacent. Most of the wars throughout history have been fought. Um, you know, they always give one reason or another. It's all over but resources. The reason, the reason at the base is just the fruit of our complacent productivity. Yeah. You, you have something we want, but we don't want to get for ourselves. So we'll just take it because we can. Like, I mean, even fucking Germany, they're, you know, basically they, they wanted a larger complacent conformist, um, chain of production. Well, I mean, after the, after the first world war, they got, they got pounded so bad, uh, economically that they were, they were willing to do anything to try to get out of it. And well, that's, that's yeah, though, though, well, I think Hitler's aims went a little beyond that. Well, yeah, but I mean, you know, cause you've got a source of people you've got, if you have a, a group of people who are willing to work without complaint and well, you know, you imagine the scenario if a bank took one centime, one, one cent from everybody's account, you know, they'd be millionaires. Mm-hmm. What's well, kind of that scenario? If you find yourself in a position of power and you think, well, I can have a, a cut, everything in the economy over which I control. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty enticing carrot. Well, you know what they say, power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Mm. About the only thing I ever learned from Shakespeare. But <laughs> basically what allows this kind of thing to exist, I mean, it's, it's our complacency. I mean, we're, we, we don't think things, we don't, not only do we not react to, you know, outrageous situations like the, the government bailing out banks who take money from us anyways with taxpayer money, um, Yeah, yeah, often we're not even willing to go there uh, intellectually. Yeah, there, there's a great uh, there's a great cartoon that came out recently about uh, our prime minister Trudeau. Uh, actually, Bridget, was it you that that showed me that, or what was that? Uh, anyways, uh, it, it's a it's a cartoon of uh, Justin Trudeau uh, running, skipping around, throwing money at, at people. And there's this couple, uh, one of them's pushing a stroller and, um, the, 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 the father says, look at that man, look, look at that hero. And the wife nudges him and goes, that's your wallet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But. Hey, at least he's wearing a mask. Yeah. There, there is that. Um, there's there's so much going on with, with all of this. Um, there are a lot of well, pe- there are a lot it, it, there, there are so many it, pieces in play right now, and just this um, this this pandemic is bringing them all out of the woodwork. I mean, yeah, everything we behavior patterns that we take for granted that we don't even notice because they're so commonplace. Um, yeah. it, it's uh, they're they're being exposed for what they really are now. Yeah. And my only hope to that, that's another. Well, my only hope is that when they, uh, 
as they're being exposed, I, I just hope that something's being done about it or something will be done about it at some point. Like, I, I, I pray and I use that, you know how I use that term, but I, I, I hope we don't forget who did what and how they did it during this time. Well, yeah, Be, that no, sounds all rather faith-based. Well, uh, okay. Call it my faith in humanity. You know, no, but uh, what I mean is that um, you know, it's. Um, I'm sorry for poking at you. <laughs> go, go for it. <laughs> okay, but I mean, uh, you know, it's basically when you talk like that, mm -hmm. it's like you're putting it on others. You see what I'm saying? I, you're yeah. hoping that others react. When in actuality, um, the most important person is you. What are you going to do about it? Yeah. Because you are one of the many. You know, and I know things have been beyond our control since so long that uh, we feel kind of um, uh, uh How do you say that in English? Impotent? Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe that's not the right word to no but, but i know what you're talking about it, it's it, it it is we, we are getting discouraged we, we are getting yeah. resentful but it, at the same time we can't, we can't keep thinking well i hope somebody else fixes this problem well it's kind of that kind of expression yeah says that without saying it you see what i'm saying yeah and uh, okay i'll i can actually i can retract on this one I know that I won't forget, you know, not yeah. that I can, not that I can steer an election in the United States or anything like that, but I know up here, you know, I, I keep, I, I do watch the news. I, I do see what, who's doing what and when, so that when that time comes, you know, that they're looking for reelection, you know, I can decide, okay, what did you do when we were facing down this, this threat? Did you jockey for position? Did you try to, um, as I've heard, did you not let this crisis go to waste? Because I've actually heard that statement a few times. Um, yeah, did, you, did you profit from it or did you try to help others? Yeah. Or, or, or did you try to help others and end up profiting from it? I mean... Well, if, okay. if you actually did something good and you actually, if you did get a little something out of it, uh, you got to weigh that. But yeah, my, my power. That's kind, of, that's kind of distracting from the point. Yeah, yeah, I mean, my, know, my you, power is my if vote. If, if you're in a situation like that, you know, you see somebody next to you who's in uh, need of help, you know, you can either, you know, it's a situation, it's either profit or yeah. aid. Yeah. Um, so you either, you're either empathetic towards your, um, your fellow human, or you just see them as a source of profit. And yeah. You're, 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 you're thinking, you're either thinking about a global well-being, you know, it's another, I don't know how to describe it, but I mean, if you think about it enough, whether you're Republican or Democrat, you know, if you're, um, if you're profit oriented or not, whether you like it or not, you're dependent on your fellow human, unless you're living in the forest alone somewhere. Okay. So, um, 
yeah, it's just whether you acknowledge that dependence or not. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of these people, these fucking assholes like uh, McConnell, well, they're dependent on this fucking populace, you know, the taxpayer uh, yeah. paying all their schemes and all that. Uh, but at the same time, they're pretending they don't exist. Yeah. And that this reliance doesn't exist. Because, I mean, without our complacency, people like him would be absolutely nothing. Yeah. Actually, they'd have a fucking hard time surviving. And Because most of us would reject them outright. Yeah. So what I was trying to say, and I, it wasn't that I was trying to push it onto everybody else, is like, I know that I will remember. My hope is that other people will also remember what, what was being done. It's not that I'm wanting to pushing it. I, I don't want to push it on everybody else and, you know, leave my hands free of it. You know, I've, I've got my power, which is my vote. Everybody else has their power, which is their vote. So when the time comes, may all of this be remembered so that when you get in that voting booth, you, you remember who did you dirty and who needs to get out of office or be, be given the boot out of office. And that's how things should be. Yeah. Again, I wasn't trying to push. Um, push that onto everybody else and, and be complacent. Just, I was speaking both for myself oh, no, and for other people. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like, um, you know, in the best of world situation, that's how it should be. But I mean, I can say that a lot of Trump voters, um, they're going to continue voting Trump. I, let's put it this way. It's only the, the unaffected who will continue voted, yeah. voting. Okay. If somebody actually gets becomes a victim of his uh, quote-unquote policies. Oh. Yeah, they might change their mind. But basically, it's like... Uh, yeah, but you know, I've heard uh, things like... Okay, for one thing, um, uh, apparently the, the Republican Party is actually split in two. You've got Republicans and you've got Trump supporters. Apparently, they, they are two different breeds. Oh, um, but, okay careful because i mean um we're not careful sorry it's not warning um but you know there's two different levels because i mean this complacency this that's being exploited you know yeah. you've got you've got trump voters who well basically you've got people feeding the system mm -hmm. or the uh, the uh, i don't want to call them sheep but I mean, you know, you've got basically there's people who are reliant on their quote unquote leaders mm -hmm. and leave all the decision making and the providing to others. Yeah. And then you've got the upper echelon of that. And those are the people who want things to stay that way. Yeah, th that's true. Um, you know, but, but again, on the other side, we, we've got, so, so we've got people that will, you know, vote for Trump no matter what, because the, uh, whatever benefits they get from that. Um, on the other side of the coin, I've actually seen a quote where, uh, somebody said that Biden could, uh, cook and eat babies and they'd still vote for them. No, that, but that's just a two quote 
than saying that about Trump, that he could kill somebody. Um. Yeah. <laughs> so, you, so I'm just saying you, you've got extremists uh, and and always candidate on oh, yeah, yeah. On, on both sides. Yeah. You know, okay. I, again, it's not like I, I'm, I'm not trying to rag on, on any one side. You know, there, there's definitely there, there's problems on both sides of the fence. Which is sad because come November, you know, it's again, it's going to be, which way do you want to be molested and how badly, you know, like which one is going to be the, the, the less, the, the lesser of two evils, which always seems to be the case. Even in Canada, we get that. Except well, some, that, sometimes that, we have a third option, which can sometimes be really scary. Yeah. But let's just say that, uh, well, if we think that Trump is the abusive husband, well, you know, um, he's got the gimp waiting in the back room. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing we're not monetized because we wouldn't be anymore after this show. <laughs> uh, yeah. What's really funny is that... Uh, yeah, next we, week, Holy Crap, the Vlogcast will be exclusively available on BitChute. <laughs> yeah. Although I'm working at Debian Linux and uh, the only the, the version of Photoshop. GIMP, uh, yeah, I, I, I've used it. Actually, I have it on. I have it installed on my computer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. Gra- graphic graphic image manipulation program. I think is what yep. it's what it's supposed to stand for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I have to, I'll be right back. I have to take a bit of a break. Yeah, so. no problem. Yeah. Uh, well, this one kind of swerved, <laughs> which is normal. I mean, that's what you're, we do. You're welcome. <laughs> no, no worries, man. No worries. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I uh, honestly, um, yeah, I didn't hear anything about uh, McConnell and and what he's planning to do. I, that stuff like that really needs to be brought out. Yeah, and it, you know, I the term profiteering just seems to come up a lot for stuff like that, where where people, you know, like like Joseph and I were talking about, where. You know, did you profit off of this in any way? Did you take advantage of people's suffering just for yourself without helping? You know, I, I've got no problem with with companies making money, you know, in the face of this, so long as what they're doing is actually trying to help the people they're they're serving or they're they're trying to help their customers. You know, and TPC said it, you know, the only reason we heard about McConnell was because an inspector general was fired, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think this is where a lot of that, that rage I was talking about, uh, earlier, I, I think that's where a lot of it came from is that what the hell happened to human decency? You know, why, why is it that everybody just seems to be so in it for themselves right now in, in the heart of something that 
it's, it's going to kill over a million people. I say before, before the year's out, uh, I was looking at, I was looking at the Hopkins uh, thing earlier today and I, I saw that I think globally right now we have five over, is it 5 million confirmed cases now? Something Worldwide? like that. Um, you know, and, and that's not to say anything about, you know, wh- what's going to happen next. You know, when, when, when the supply chains dry up or, you know, when, when you get to that lull period between the current stock and then having to replenish, you know, who was it? I think it was Fauci said something like they're, they're somebody, they're looking at possibly like 1.2 million deaths in the States from starvation because of this. Like, uh, we're probably going to have a second wave of coronavirus in the fall too. Well, yeah, but I mean, that, that's going to be unavoidable. Like what do you do? Do you, do you stay cocooned and okay. So you either die from a virus or you die from starvation. You know, which one is potentially avoidable with proper safeguards? Again, I'm not advocating one, one way or the other, but you know, this is where a lot of it is coming. Yeah. And, and again, Seeker just put in chat, you know, look at the lines of the food banks. Yeah. I've, I've seen footage of that they're miles long. Like people having to wait, you know, okay. I've waited in line for, you know, a couple hours to do something, but something like that. And then you've got the, the, the insanity of, you know, uh, police officers and, local like state politicians who are coming up with all of these insane orders to, if you see a guy walking down the street and he picks his nose, shoot him. Oh wait, that, that'll be next week's, uh, insane laws. But you know, everybody's so worried. Everybody's scared. Everybody is confused. And any kind of leadership right now to me, just doesn't seem to be focusing or, or, or even trying to be kind of, um, I, I'm not hearing a lot of positivity. I, I'm not hearing a lot of go forward planning. I'm not hearing a lot of, um, confident direction in order to keep people safe. Instead, I'm, you know, I'm hearing about, you know, oh, this is going to be locked down and there's going to be mandated vaccinations. That's another one I heard about. And again, kind of, kind of on the fence about that one. You know, whereas there was, oh God, who was it? Was it de Blasio? I have to find it. Um, where basically I think it was a mayor or a governor said that, you know, if when the vaccine is done, we're basically going to come to your house and drag you to a lab and put that vaccine in you, whether you like it or not. Let's see if I can find that one. Well, I mean, that's just the thing is there haven't been any plans made and that's why we're failing so hard at this. We, you know, should be more like Singapore or South Korea or 
other places like that to where we can actually do, you know, testing at scale and do contact tracing and then quarantine people who have been exposed. We don't have that set up. And so we're just going to be flailing around until that happens. And that's a failing on the part of our government here to not put those in place. Yeah. I'll, they I'll should have to be f- able to ID every single case and trace down all of their contacts and do that. But we don't have that. And if we had jumped on this, you know, four months ago, like we should have, we would have already contained this. Or at least made it a hell of a lot safer. So where you knew where the virus was, knew where the hotspots were, and you could avoid them. Yeah. I'll, I'll have to look for that one because uh, it was it was something that uh, Tim Poole did on one of his shows where he, he talked about that article um, where some politician basically said that, uh, yeah, where once the vaccine's done, it, it's mandatory. You, you're getting it whether you like it or not. Which... I'm like going to... Waiting, you know, because yeah. like when the H1N1 vaccine first came out, I waited about eight months before I got it because I wanted to make sure the, you know, the safety profile. Well, and yeah, that. and that, and that's the thing. Like, I mean, th- this particular politician might have been known for being bombastic, you know. Uh, not that we've, you know, ever seen that before. <clears throat> Trump, excuse me. Um And, and again, like no, I said, I, I'm on I the fence doing that to people in the military, but we were guinea pigs anyway. Well, you know, we were given first vaccines, whether yeah. we wanted them or not. Yeah. But, but, but that's military. That that's a completely yeah. different thing. You, you are, I, I think Joey and I, we talked about this. Uh, you are a tool of the government when you're in the military. Uh-huh. Exactly. Like you can get punished you, for getting sunburned because that's damaged to government property. Yeah. You're not a human being. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we talked about this last week. Because yep. I was asking about the statute of limitations on, uh, you know, when you're discharged from the military, how long before you can call the commander in chief an asshole? I remember oh, immediately after you're out. <laughs> yeah, you're exactly. You CMJ anymore? Yeah, but while you're, um, while you are in in military service, while you are in active duty, you're not. You're really not a human being. That's true. Yeah. Okay. That's and what GI wanted- stands for: is government issue. Mm-hmm. And if you, if you want to talk about complacency. Well, again, military is a little bit different because you, you willingly sign up to potentially die for your country and you are, you are a tool of the government. It's. Yeah. It, well, yeah. Uh, the, what I mean is, um, you know, anybody, if there's anybody in the ranks, who, you know, for all those in the ranks who think critically, um, yeah, well, I would do that in defense of my country. Ours is not to question why, you know, ours is but dangerous. Yeah. Ours is but to do or die. And I mean, and that's what, because look at all the fucking American military bases, uh, you know, all over the world that most people don't even know about. (laughs) And their role is to basically, um, ensure the safety of a few corporations exploitation of other country resources. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, I'm sorry for being a constant wet blanket, but I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah, Seeker, um, I, I, I know where Poole got his start. Um, again, uh, I, I do want to just find, uh, the article he was talking about because he, he did cite the source, uh, about the, uh, the mandatory thing. Uh, once I see it, I'll find out, uh, just how verifiable that source is, but yeah, I, no, it, it's like anything you hear out there, anything you read, you, you should always take it with a grain of salt. You know, one thing Joseph does talk a lot about on this show is, you know, the need for people to think critically, to, to make their own decisions based on analyzing things and, and acting on those. Yeah. To take nothing at face value. I, I, I get that. And, and I'm, and I'm cool with that, you know? Um, and I'll admit sometimes I do fall into that. I do fall into the trap sometimes where, 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 where the rage comes in because I've heard one thing and not looked at it, you know, critically because that knee jerk reaction, I'm as guilty of it as the next person. You know, I, I never claim to be smarter than anybody else unless I know that they are like completely stupid. <laughs> uh, well, we're getting There's close to the, do is hmm? assume that, that I always assume that the person I'm talking to knows better than me. Yeah. I think I actually read that in a book somewhere. I'll have to reread that one. Anyways, because basically mm -hmm. my basic attitude is that if I can do it, then you sure can. Yeah, that's true. Anyways, we're getting close to the two hour mark here. I think uh, we should just wrap it up before we get way too long winded here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, it, it, this was good tonight. I, I, I actually do feel a lot better and it's good to know that, um, you know, I don't, I don't feel quite as angry as I did originally. I mean, yeah, there's still a lot of, um, shitty people out there. Um, hopefully by the time, you know, any, everybody else hears this, uh, I'm hoping that, you know, we're not out of the woods yet. Is it safe? I'm hesitant to say yes, but. you know, start slow. And at the first sign, if things are still looking bad, you know, then yeah, shut down, uh, not shut down, but you know, evaluate, you know, right now we're in a sense of order. That first step into chaos from this is going to be this, the phased reopening of things. If it's too chaotic, then at least we can step back to this, but eventually we are going to have to do something. Because eventually stuff's going to run out. And then what? Okay, that's my, that's my profound prophetic for tonight. So, uh, uh, Bridget, Joseph, thank you both for, for coming on tonight. I, I appreciate it. Uh, when I first set, sent out the call and nobody answered, I just about had a heart attack. <laughs> I didn't even get the call. Where did you send it? Facebook? No, through uh, through Discord. Okay. Well, yeah. I had to turn on. Yeah, Discord I heard it ringing, it. but I was stuck in 
rift. And yeah, you, you were fishing, like you said. It. I was trying to log out quick enough to grab the, the call. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Anyways, um, yeah, so, Joseph, um, thank you very much for, for tonight. Um, as always, yep. uh, you make good thank conversation, you. sir. <laughs> oh, well, well, thank you. I yeah. Just, yeah, just uh, shit to think about. <laughs> That's all. <sighs> but thanks for hosting. You, you keep us on an even keel. Um, Bridget, again, thank you very much for tonight. I, I do appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, we uh, made it. Yeah, feel free to to plug away if if you want. I, I will not pressure you. I will not passively aggressively uh, suggest it. Fuck Mike Pence. I was waiting for that. I was so waiting for that. <laughs> and, and, and fuck Trump too. Ooh, and upgrade. Up. Ooh, wow. We, we we got the major upgrade now. But yeah, yeah. it's kind of deserved, really. Um. Our chat for tonight, uh, Stephanie, TP Seeker, thank you both for uh, putting up with us tonight. Uh, as always, I do appreciate it. Um, <laughs> yeah, Secret, there it is. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I'd make a drinking game out of it, but because she only says it once, it would have to be a very, very strong drink. Hmm. wonder if one of those side of beef guys also sells moonshine. I'll have to check into that. Anyways. Okay. Uh, Watch this, folks. Here's our contact information. Uh, it's up on the screen right now. You can uh, check out the audio version of this show over at holycrapthevlogcast.com. Uh, if you want to leave us a, a message, uh, you can actually give us a call or leave us a text message at 869-428-8854. On Facebook, we're over at facebook.com slash holycrapthevlogcast. And on Twitter, we are at holycraptv. Uh, for myself, of course, I'm the curator of the audio version of this show over at the website I just mentioned. Uh, I've got my own blog site at inthewind.yo5.ca, and I've started a new project, uh, totally non-political. It's actually a, a writing site, a uh, writing podcast that I'm working on, uh, which you can see over at kickit.yo5.ca. All that will be in the show notes um, after we're done with the show here. I think that's it. So, on behalf of uh, everyone here, uh, everybody, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and above all, have yourselves a good week. And until next time, as always, good night. You've been listening to Holy Crap, the Vlogcast. Feel free to leave a comment at the show's website at holycrapthevlogcast.com where you'll also find links to our Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter pages. Theme music is Twisted by Kevin McLeod, available at incompetech.com. And on behalf of all of us here, thank you for listening.